welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hogan. As someone who grew up in a pretty scarce environment and came out of college with a lot of debt, stuff, and insecurity, I thought that was just the lot I had to deal with in life. After several years of this, I decided that there had to be another way and gave away over half of my stuff, started working on my debt, and began looking at things through a lens that focused on my values and not what I thought others thought I should be doing. This podcast is all about the journey that happens from wanting to wealthy, and I'm so glad you decided to be part of it. Thank you to all of my current and future Patreon supporters. Patreon tiers start as little as a dollar a month, and depending on the tier you choose, you can get discounts to upcoming events and workshops, as well as being part of the community of individuals and families working to change their money story through actions, support, and accountability. If you're ready to become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. All right, for this podcast episode, um, I was supposed to talk about business debt. And really, before discussing businesses and business debt in great length, I wanted to take a step backwards and talk about the support systems that are needed um, to really have an amazing, thriving business. Um, So you know, starting or running a business or businesses is hard in the best of times, let alone when there's little to no support and or downright opposition to what you are doing. Here are the types of support I'm going to discuss and what to do when we have just no support or direct opposition to what we're doing. Um, so first topic is going to be your surroundings. That's both the people around you and the environment. Then um, taking care of yourself. And then industry support and common ground support. And then last, we'll talk about opposition. Okay. All right. So first things first, we're going to talk about your surroundings, who you surround yourself with and the environment that's surrounding you. So Jim Rohn, who is a motivational speaker, really, really big in the direct sales industry, said, quote, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So take a moment and think about those five people for you. These people generally include family members in your home, including your children, um, co-workers, employees, and friends. So for me, I'm going to have my son, my husband, my two best friends slash roommates that live with us, and my dad. Those are going to be the people that I spend the most time with in my life on a day-to-day basis. Um, If you work full-time and you are at your work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, your coworkers or your employees or your bosses might be those people that you spend the most time with. But figure out who those people are, okay? And then once you do, and you can pause this and 
take this in steps um, or go back and listen to it if you're like in the car or something. So once you've got those five people in mind, think about their major personality traits. Okay. Are they always happy or always sad? Are they motivated? Are they driven? Do they complain a lot? Are they broke? Are they wealthy? Are they moving forward or backwards in life? Are they healthy? Whatever they are or how you would describe them, write those things down or think about those things. Then average out all of those different things for the five people. And obviously this doesn't have to be really, really technical, but it's getting you to to open your brain. A little bit okay so say my my son for example he's curious he is um energetic he is compassionate um my husband he is a worrier he is fiercely um supportive he is competent and willing to grow and change Um, my dad is incredibly smart. Um, he is, uh, what Chris Hogan would call an everyday millionaire. Um, he is driven and, and then my two friends, they are, um, intelligent. They are kind, thoughtful. They think about others. They, they want to grow in life. Those are the way I describe these people. Um, and When you average all of these things out, that is likely a good representation of who you are. If you do not like what you are seeing, you can change that. Going back to who I'm around now, it sounds pretty good, right? Um, But one, nobody's perfect. And two, it wasn't always that way. Um, There were people in my life that were complainers. The, the glass wasn't just half full or empty. The glass wasn't even present. Um, or it didn't matter how good things were. It's just going to all be gone anyways. Like, or they, they just didn't like being around other people. Or they weren't fun to be around. Or they were always bashing other people. Things like that that my average was lower when I was around those people than it is today with the people I'm around today. Okay, so if your coworkers are always complaining and then you go have drinks with them for happy hour after work, stop. Don't hang out with the coworkers any more than you have to um, until you can quit your job. If your best friend's broke and always wanting to complain to you um, and and or make you pay for everything, spend less time together. Maybe only talk to them on the phone and then guide the conversation. What did you like about your day today? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? Um, what did you, what are you most grateful for? Um, ask those questions so you can still be around that person who's your best friend, but you can guide the conversation away from the broken complaining. Um, on the opposite side of the coin, if you like what you see, challenge those people. 
if your partner supports you wholeheartedly, work to have more time with them. Maybe get up early together just so you two can talk or brainstorm together. Um, if your parents want to see you get out of debt, take a financial class with them. If your kid wants to go to college, figure out a way to help them do it debt-free together. Um, in my personal experience, if you like the people that you are surrounded by, they will be up for that challenge to learn and grow together. If you don't like the motivation of those people you're surrounded by and you are working to up-level yourself, they will either follow and start up-leveling too or they will fall away. There's the quote of, for a reason, for a season, for a lifetime, where I had people in my life I thought I was going to have in my life forever, and they and I do not have conversations anymore because our season of time that we were together was over, and that's okay. And then that leaves room for more people. Um, last thing I'm going to say about the people you surround yourself with is Joshua Fields Milburn of The Minimalist says, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Meaning that you can't change someone who doesn't want to be changed, but you can change the people around you and hang out with other people. Okay, next let's look at your environment. Similar to the people you surround yourself with, the environment you operate in also matters. So look around you, look around where you work, where you live. Is it cluttered? Does it cause you stress to think about? Does it calm your mind? Does it inspire you? Take note of what is and is not working for you and amplify the things that work while minimalizing the things that don't. One of the main examples way back from my very first podcast episode uh, was minimalizing. It stressed me out to have to move from place to place to place when I was moving a lot for work and repack this stuff. And my brain went... I'm just going to leave it in boxes because I'm just going to have to move anyways. And then I went through my minimalizing journey. This looking at the stuff stressed me out. Having less stuff and only stuff that adds value to my life calms my brain. Organizing calms my brain. Things like that. Some of us like the creative chaos and that is just fine. But if you're not one of those people... Get the stuff put away. Most of us have too much stuff in the first place, and just by eliminating some of it, it will help to calm our brains. Or we can organize and put those things away, and that might help. It might be that if all your clothes are hung up in the closet instead of sitting in a pile, that it stresses you out less. Or maybe there's not enough room for all of your clothes in your closet. Then maybe the best choice for you is to eliminate anything that doesn't fit you, that's torn, that's not your style anymore, um, with the idea that 
Your closet is a calming space. You're not stressed out by looking at the pile of laundry. You've now put your clothes away and everything in your closet you like and it fits well and it's in good repair. So then you can just go grab a couple of things. Going back to my capsule wardrobe episode, you can just go grab a couple of things. It's not a stressful experience to get dressed. So then you're not walking into your business stressed out because of things that were happening at your house that were superfluous to the business itself. Um, Sometimes it's closing the doors to an office or where you work or putting up curtains if you can't do that, um, if you can't put doors up. So I lived in a house where um, I had this like den area that I worked in, and there was no doors. There was a spot for double doors and a spot for a single door. But there were no doors on this den, which was fine until I tried to work full time after I was laid off from my corporate job on my business. What ended up happening at that point is that I could see what was going on in the kitchen and it would stress me out. I could see anybody going through uh, the hallway and it would stress me out. So I put up curtains and that not only helped my brain focus on what I was doing in that space, But it also helped my husband know, okay, the curtains are closed. She's working. I'm not going to go bother her. So then I could focus on what I was doing. Um, Maybe you need to get out of your house. I know plenty of people that learned while they were in the pandemic that they can't work at home because the laundry needs to be done and the dishes needs to be done and the kids won't stop bothering them and then they want to go out for a walk and so on and so forth and you just need to get out of your house altogether. Um, Maybe you need to work at a co-working space or a library or a local college or a park, something that gets, that helps your brain calm so it can focus and work on your business. Um, You do not have to work in any one environment, generally speaking. A lot of times when we have businesses, we can can be a little more fluid in where we are working, which is a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing in that, okay, the library is closed today. I can go down to the local community college and sit in there um, in one of their lobbies and work. Uh, The bad thing is I can also work in bed right? So there's, there's that give and take, but creating that environment that supports you and supports what you're doing. So this is to include people that you have to work around within your environment. If the people you're working around are distracting, move somewhere else. If you've got one really loud person next to you in the co-working space, go to the quiet zone of the co-working space, right? Um, Or if you have the opposite problem, like I do, I need an anchor person. And an anchor person for me is literally someone else doing their own thing. I don't need to talk to them. I don't need to say anything to them. I just need them there. Because if they're there, I won't get on my phone and look at Facebook and look at Instagram and stuff like that. I'll work and focus and get all my stuff done. Um, So if you are used to working alone and getting distracted but an anchor person helps, maybe find a place where you can work with another person in the same space, right? Okay, so that's people and environment. Now we're going to talk about taking care of yourself, supporting yourself. So let's focus on supporting our bodies and our minds, okay? Often, 
as Americans, we ignore our body in an effort to, quote, get more done. What if when our body asks for sleep, we sleep? Because remember, the, the narrative is shifting. Hustle culture is dead, by the way. If you hustle to the point of exhaustion, you're no good to anyone, including your family, yourself, or your business. So you get the sleep you need. If your body needs to get up and move, go, go for a walk, right? And if you, you oh, also, you need to feed and water your body regularly. After all, you are just a complicated houseplant. If you get, quote, in the zone, set an alarm clock for a walk, water and food breaks, and when it's time to be done. As a business owner, it's hard to stop working at a certain time because the emails and the calls come directly to your cell phone or Facebook or Instagram DMs and then you catch yourself answering customers at 10 p.m. on a Friday night which tells both your brain and your customers that you do not have boundaries. I'm here to say it's okay to wait until Monday to answer an email back. It's okay to hang out with your kid and call people back after they go to bed your business will still be there and will be better for it because you will be fed, you will be watered, you will be well rested, you will have moved your body and supported those around you by being wholly present. Okay? Um, When it comes to our minds, meditation or meditative walks are my personal favorite um, because we can do all the breaks. We can have hard stop timelines. We can have movement and we can still be thinking about our business. My husband is not well practiced in this yet. Um, So often he'll be up an hour or two after he was supposed to go to sleep because he's thinking about his business. Doing this can cause burnout, decision fatigue, lack of presence, distraction, anxiety, and a whole lot more. When you catch yourself thinking about your business, when you are trying to do something else, or you're trying to be present someplace else, try, I do two things, brain dumping and the five senses meditation. So first I brain dump so I don't forget anything because I am often concerned that I will forget something. And then I do the five senses meditation. This meditation, um, You can do this in any order, but this is the way I do it in. You start by looking at five things around you. Then you touch four things. Um, Different textures works well because it really gets you to focus on your fingers. Then notice three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and last one thing you can taste. I like this because it really brings you back into your body and your present surroundings. And you can do it over and over and over again. Um, I like doing it when I'm on walks because your environment's changing. And you might have some of the same things. Um, For example, right now I can see my computer. I can see my phone. I can see my desk. I can see my water bottle. Um, I can see my dogs right? Uh, and then I can, I can touch my computer. I can touch each one of my dogs. They each have a different coat texture. Um, I can touch the wood on my desk. I can touch the walls, right? 
on and then I can hear things. Uh, hard to, to give an example right now because I have a headset on while I'm recording, but <laughs> I might hear my dogs snoring. I might hear a fan running in the background. I might hear something outside of my office happening. Um, and then two things I can smell. I can smell my dog's coat. I can smell the incense that has burned. I can taste my water and it brings you wholly back into where you're at. Okay, the next thing that we're going to talk about, the next type of support is industry support. So have you ever heard of community over competition or that there is abundance and enough to go around? In many consumerist societies, the answer is probably no. You've been told it's cutthroat and that you uh, you always need to stay ahead of your competition. And I used to think like this too, but now I would like to ask that you shift your mindset. Within your industry, you can find the most amazing mentors, community, support systems, and mentees, okay? Who better to show you the ropes of the business than someone who has been in it for a long time, for way longer than you've been in it? And then think of yourself in 10 or 15 years showing others how you got started by being a mentor yourself. Um, the direct sales industry has this down so well that, quote, traditional businesses think that there's something wrong with direct sales. However, they are usually groups of people that are taught that they all win together and that they don't have to compete for scraps of an industry. Besides the fact that most industries are not saturated, if they are, you bring something unique to that industry that no one else has before because you are the only you. Let that settle for a second. Okay, the next type of support is common ground support. What I mean by this are groups like Rotary or mom-owned businesses or BIPOC businesses or LGBTQIA plus businesses. Being part of groups like these gives you the opportunity to increase the support you have around you with like-minded individuals who likely share the same values as you the values and mission behind your businesses can create support and connection on a deeper level across multiple industries. So find people who share those values as you. Um, I work specifically within a mom-owned business organization. I need to be able to talk to people who know what it's like and are okay with hearing my kid in the background. My husband is part of a uh, farming community um, because they all are doing agriculture stuff. And so 
having these communities and values that um, we work within means that we get to get support outside of, potentially outside of, our main five people and our industry. And we just get to add that next layer of support. So in conclusion, a great support system is directly correlated to the success of your business. This is my opinion. And can make owning a business so much more rewarding. The best type of support encompasses all the categories that I mentioned above. So after listening to the episode so far, if you feel like you only have support in one or two of these areas, start looking for support in other areas. You can definitely have overlap um, within just the five people that I've shared with you. Um, We have common ground support. We share the same values. None of us are in the same industry. So I have industry partners that I talk to. Uh, We work together to make sure we support and take care of our bodies and our brains. Um, And so we, we all have some crossover and some difference in who and how we are getting support. Um, You can have someone that is part of your five closest people that shares your values and is in your industry. They're likely a unicorn. But remember, it's okay to have support from all different angles. To have a wide support group means that if you are struggling on a value level, you have someone to share values with. If you're struggling on taking care of your body, you have someone to help you do that, to support you in doing that. If you are struggling within your industry, you have people within your industry to help you and say, yeah, I've been there too. Now, what do you do when those around you are in direct opposition of what you are doing? This is a really hard topic. I I wish that it were easy and that I could just tell you to tell them, to leave or to be quiet or you just walk out but that's often not the case if these people are say co-workers or in a friend group you can decide to change the people around you you can also say hey please be supportive of me or please don't say anything um or you can just choose not to hang out with them anymore uh but that's hard if not impossible, if they are immediate family members or a significant other. Okay. On on a positive note, most often immediate family members and significant others are opposing you because they are scared for you and they don't want you to get hurt or to lose money. They fear the change. And you can let them know that you appreciate their concern, but you are going to move forward with your choice to be a business owner. You can ask that they not voice their concerns to you, but you do need to know that this could cause resentment. This could cause the issue of, I told you so. If you have a hiccup in your business, those people could come back at you and go, I told you it wasn't going to work. Unfortunately, the biggest challengers of business are often people closest to you. I'm just 
I've just worked my tail off for that to not be the case for me. And I hope that's not the case for you, or if it is the case for you right now that you are able to, um, work to, to take steps to change that. Um, and this could be, you know, some sort of underlying, don't get rid of my stuff, but the stuff is stressing you out all the way up to, I think you're stupid for trying to start a business. You just need to, um, stay in your W2 job because that's the only way you're going to make money. Like there's, there's a whole host of different ways that this can present itself. Um, but almost uh, always, I want to say almost always, because in the times that I've seen it, people are not creating opposition just to create opposition. They're scared. They're worried for you. They don't know how it's going to work or if you're going to, you know, lose money and, and they want you to be okay, especially if this is taking you a step or two away from them or, or, um, above them in growth. They could be just fearing change that you are going to leave um, that, because change is scary, it, it, but the one constant in life is that life changes, right, and the more comfortable we can be with that, and the more comfortable others can be with that, the more growth and development we have, and I, I also want to put in here that often when you have people in direct opposition to what you're doing, um, you are likely to have relationship losses um, or shifts. And it is okay to grieve both of those. It is okay to grieve the loss of a friendship or the loss of a coworker friend um, or that you're not 100% on the same page with someone, that's all right. And that doesn't mean necessarily that the situation is forever. It could be just right now. Um, but I do want to give permission that that grieving can and should occur um, if that feels right for you. So going back to your significant other, if they are in direct opposition, you have to have a financial conversation, uh, especially if you share a bank account, because you can't just go spending money on the business without their blessing, and they should not be holding money over your head as a way to keep you from doing the business. So that's the one time if if you are in a relationship that you want to continue being in, that there's got to be a conversation and a middle ground when it comes to money. Um, because with all businesses, you have to spend some money to make some money, but you can't do that, you know, behind your, your significant other's back because then we've got trust issues and things like that. If you guys don't have a joint bank account, you do what you want with your money. But if you have a joint bank account, they have to be included in that conversation. So there's there's a lot to unpack with the topic of the direct opposition. And, and I know that. And so I've given you some broad kind of overarching situations. Um, 
but if you have specific questions, please submit a question on Patreon or DM me on Instagram um, because I understand that having somebody directly opposing something that you feel you need to do is awful and hard to work with and can be discouraging, but I don't want to leave you on that discouraging note. I want you to remember that there are so many people in this world, whether you've ever met them in person or not. In fact, I have a a podcast guest from last summer that I'm going to meet for the first time tomorrow that has supported uh, my podcast, that I've supported her business, and we've never met each other in person. All the way up to, you know, the people that live next door to you or that live in the same house as you or that work two offices down from you um, could be your support system. Uh, So design the support system that, that you would want your most treasured person to have, whether that person is you or kiddo or your parent. And your business is just going to take off and do extraordinary things. All right. I will see you guys the next podcast episode talking about utilization of business debt. Thank you so much for supporting myself and the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. For more free content, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter at wantingtowealthy.com slash subscribe. Please share the podcast with someone you think can get value from it and screenshot yourself listening and share it on social media. I would love it if you tag me at Wanting to Wealthy when you do. If you are ready to take the next step for yourself and your financial journey, become a community member at patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. The Wanting to Wealthy podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by myself, Ashley Hogan.